Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick. And this is Dave Smith, the executive director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. Dave Stephanie Trussell has quite the resume. She does. At 15, she worked at McDonald's. At 18, she managed at McDonald's. Her career has uh, also spanned several other management roles, including the Mayor's Office of Tourism in Chicago. Oh, yeah. She's got connections. So she she was wait she was telling people where to go when they came in. This was back in the day before the internet. People would actually come to Chicago and dial a number and say, "Where should I go?" This was in '93. And you got to tell people and where I to got go. To tell them where. Did to you go. ever tell them to jump in the lake? <laughs> it's like, really back hot. And run. If go you care jump about in the lake. Life, run. Don't come. No. I'm too- so you worked under the Richard M. Daly administration. Right. It's a, it a big deal. I got that job. I was making more money than I'd ever made. And um, when you're a black person born and raised in Chicago, you get a job with the city, you have made it. You know, your family's patting you on the back. But that's when God told me, I wasn't going to church, God told me to, to quit that job and stay home with my kids. And I had never brought home so much money in my life. But, wow. Yeah. Wow. And you chose to listen to God. I, I didn't know what that voice was. I was like, it's Jiminy Cricket or somebody telling me, walk away from the money, lady, and just take care of your kids. You didn't listen kids. to the, the voice of Rich Daly. <laughs> no, I didn't. That's, that's a good thing. That's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> oh, Stephanie has made a name for herself as a conservative radio host. Amen. She was also uh, State Senator Darren Bailey's running mate in his favor. Republican gubernatorial campaign, but Stephanie received more than 1.7 million votes. That's right. In her unsuccessful bid to become lieutenant governor. Ms. They Trussell, don't know what they're missing, oh, money. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. I know. What are you going to say? It's, right. it's Illinois. They're not enough pain yet. They just, it just doesn't hurt enough yet. Yeah. She's a wife, mother, business owner active in her church and community, and she's on the board of Illinois Family Action. That's correct. And good soil, good seed. That's right. All right. The new foundation. That's right. We just did an interview with Tom, so that's yeah. great. We're talking about public school exit. We'll get into that. Um, uh, well, despite rising crime, uh, high taxes, COVID lockdowns, and massive pension debt, Illinois voters overwhelmingly re-elected J.B. Pritzker for governor. Why? How, what happened? Oh, my goodness. And sometimes I, I, I don't believe in zodiac signs anymore, but I grew up saying I'm a Gemini, so I have two personalities. Sometimes I'm just like, well, we tried hard, and, and maybe we didn't do this. And other times I'm like, how could they be so you know clueless? <laughs> and we did everything. We went everywhere and gave them our message. And I know at the end of the day, a lot of people's initial reaction was that, oh, we were cheated, it was corruption. But the game as it being played now, early voting, yeah. ma- ba- uh, mail-in ballots, that's the game. That's the name of the game. And Republicans, we like to show up on Election Day. We get our little sticker and we're bragging. But they already knew by 707 that they had enough votes, and they we have to just start playing the game by um, by the current rules. And when we get empowered, then we can change it back to election day instead of election season. But also, we well, just— Couldn't Republicans mm-hmm. use that, though, mm-hmm. 
to their advantage yeah, if they right. could figure it out. Right. right. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't that be nice? Right. right. And you know, I've I've heard that um, in Florida they spent ten million dollars to GOP in ballot chasing. I mean, but unfortunately, our GOP doesn't have ten million dollars to spend. <laughs> and another thing we have to do, we have to be engaged throughout the whole process. Like to me, right now is election season. We can't just show up in these communities six months prior to election day and say, "Hi, we're here. We want to tell you who we are." We need to constantly be engaged in those communities. Amen. Now, what do you think? Did turnout have anything to do with it? The turnout was pitiful. Forty-five percent turnout in the election it's, so that's why they knew by 707 especially south of 80 everybody said well of course darren's got it sewn up right, south of 80 right but those people when you think about it they've been voting the right way for decades and they just feel like oh shucks what's the point chicago rules the rules they 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 come out so my little vote doesn't count if they had just simply come out and when i talk to democrats republicans i'm sorry and they just say well, you know, I was going to donate to Darren, but I just feel like, what's the point? Because you guys are going to lose anyway. But I'm thinking, well, you know, if well, everybody feels that defeatist attitude, way, right. Exactly. So that's, you know, uh, it's hard and to, to look back Monday morning quarterbacking. But, you know, we just got to start encouraging people. We got to chase those ballots. That's what we need to do. Well, let me ask you this. The Republican establishment contends that Darren Bailey was just too conservative for Illinois voters too pro-life, and if Republicans are going to gain seats in the legislature or potentially win the governor's mansion, they're going to have to elect someone who's more moderate on abortion and social issues, what have you. What do you say? That makes me so angry. One of my favorite radio hosts, uh, Rush Limbaugh, God rest his soul, would say, we can't be Democrats of being Democrats. We have to be stark different <laughs> to what they, they are. Showing up trying to be more like them is not going to win elections. As a Christian conservative, I understand Democrats are my enemy, but professional Republicans, they're out to get me as well. I think instead of playing defense with the life issue, we should have been on offense. Every commercial yes. would come on calling us extremists, and we never communicated to, to the voting people that maybe you're a 57-year-old woman like me and your baby-making equipment is, is gone, is over, <laughs> it's, it's retired, but did you know your daughter or your granddaughter could get yeah. an abortion without your permission? That's we right. were not communicating with that, and not only without and, your permission, and they, we, and they don't have to pay for it, we got to pay for it. And they were going to have abortions up to the day of birth. Yeah, that's just, and we don't get to call them extreme. And so you, exactly, well, this is where... Well, for not communicating that well, message? I think from coast to Coast to Illinois, um, what do you? I'm not sorry. Republican strategists were just telling us, "Oh, you don't want to mention that. You don't want to bring that up." And even sometimes in our campaign, I was told if I went to a pro-life event and I'm praying with the group, and then afterward the media's there, they would kind of encourage me not to talk to the media. But I just found I'm going to ask for permission instead of I'm sorry, forgiveness instead of permission. And once I talked to the media and told them my story. There was nothing they could use. They couldn't call me yes. an extremist when I tell them my mom was driven to an abortion clinic. She was a 16-year-old orphan. Her mom had died when she and was you, 13. And she was pregnant with you. She was pregnant with me. And in 1964, abortion was illegal, but you could find a place in the black community to kill oh, your baby. Of course. And she, I, I, I wonder what made this 16-year-old orphan not get out of a car when someone very charming probably said to her, Regina, we could be together if you just, you know, come on, we can, we, you know, just Fix get rid this, of this little issue, yeah. and then we can go on. And I just think what made her not grab that handle and decide, well, her con my, my child's conception's not planned, but I'm going to make sure her life is planned. And my mom dropped out of high school, got many, many jobs, provided pr private school education. We had dance lessons on Michigan Avenue. <laughs> we never felt unwanted. And 18 months later when she got pregnant, 
by with by my dad again with my sister. He didn't bother making that trip this time. And my dad and I went on to have a phenomenal relationship. I would tease him. He was a scared young man. You know, he sure. didn't force her to get out of the car or anything. It was just, you know, something you do. And I always he think— He was indoctrinated. Well, exactly, just thinking, you know. And now it's gone yep. from that to— the biggest trick to me the left has done is, is, is convince black women that it's sophisticated to kill their babies, mm. that their babies don't matter. That just breaks my heart. And that, that's the way to success. Right. And then we want gangbangers to value life on the streets when they're shooting each other. But yeah. the most violent place in the black community is in an abortion clinic. Yeah. That that just really bugs me. And so I I, so I was I couldn't apologize. I just Amen. told my story that in in a world where they keep telling us being black and poor is a disability you can't overcome. I get to say, well, my mother did, and look how hard she worked. That story should have gotten out, mm -hmm. and we should have said to the uh, uh, Republican strategist, take a hike. Right. You should have told him where to go. You know, <laughs> you know. but I, it's just so funny that um, we're just so afraid to talk about it. And I don't like to watch uh, commercials during election season, but my, has, my husband has it on in his office, and one commercial after another just calling us extreme. Right. Just because we love babies, and we we, we value babies, the pre-born, but they got to be um, we women's rights, women's health issues. And it just, they redefine the language and therefore they win the argument. Reproductive health. It's nothing reproductive about killing your baby. And, <laughs> let me ask you this. If someone said, well, what's your position on rape and incest? Oh, geez. Because <laughs> uh, that's what they always go to. They try to. The hard cases, Stephanie. You know, it's so many. You know, I've been so blessed that um, I've been going to these Right to Life and marches, and you'll have them. one of the keynote speakers, I can't remember his name, victim of rape. And technically, my mom was a victim of statutory rape. So should I not be here? Should not my five children and my two beautiful granddaughters? And it's such a rare incident that those even happen. What, that, that's, not the, that's, that's not what's keeping the doors open at Planned Parenthood because they're doing abortions just on people, victims of rape and incest. And when they talk about the, the health of the mother, generally it's preeclampsia. And the best way to, the only way to cure preeclampsia is to deliver the baby, but you don't have to chop the baby up first. It's you can right. just deliver the baby. It's just that simple. So that's my argument with that. That's my, my reply. Excellent. Well, what was your take on, on just the campaign trail? I mean, uh, it, I was thrilled when they picked you as uh, lieutenant governor well, uh, was, candidate. They, well, they, we don't have to go. We don't have to you, go to that. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. In the beginning, I thought uh, when David called me and said the Baileys are going to be in Chicago on Wednesday, I told Darren that you would make a great candidate for lieutenant governor. Never ever having spoken to to David about wanting to run for office, thinking about it or anything. And I think my reply was to you, are you painting in a room without the proper ventilation? <laughs> I thought you had lost your mind. And I had a million excuses in my head as to why I couldn't go on Wednesday. This was a Monday. I was a full-time granny nanny for my granddaughter. And I heard, you know, I was like, well, my, my daughter-in-law has to find a babysitter. And I'm thinking of a, I don't have a thing to wear. But I heard God say to me clearly, don't worry, I'll work this out. I called my daughter-in-law and I, could you watch your own daughter, please? And she was so nice to me. She, and then, no, my first call was to my husband. I said, I don't know, David Smith thinks I should go meet the Baileys. Uh, could you watch Sadie for me Wednesday? And he said, well, if you're meeting the Baileys, shouldn't I go with you? I'm like, that's a good point, but I'm still down a babysitter. So I got my daughter-in-law daughter -in to actually watch her own kid. And we drove down, hour and 45 minutes. Um, I, I knew that I wanted to vote for Darren Bailey. He was the guy, but I had never spoken to him. So this is my favorite story to tell. On the way down there, he calls me just to say, I want to make sure you're on your way and you know where to go. I said, I'll see you in a few minutes. 
And when I got down there, I reached, I extended my hand and said, it's such a pleasure to meet you. I love your accent. I didn't know people in my state talk like you. I'm like, I've already blown it. Just go back home. I was so sincere. I didn't know people in Illinois talk like him. I really didn't. And he didn't hold that against me. An hour and 45 minutes of us getting to know each other. And I drove home thinking, well, there's no way this guy's going to pick me. But I hope. This is the right couple. They're wholesome. They're genuine. They believe in everything that I believe in. Exactly. I, I just wanted to be their best friends. I wanted to volunteer. I wanted to do something with them. And it was five months of interviewing and the process and running into them at different places, and they picked me. That wow. it, Well, and it was based on your shared yeah. beliefs. First of all, Christian oh, yeah. and political. Yeah, for sure. So that was it. You know, the team, he would joke, and Darren would tell the story later on the campaign trail, that some of the advisors were telling him that we were too much alike and he shouldn't pick me. And he's thinking, like, what kind of, what, what do you mean? Downside guy with a southern accent, right, yeah. black Chicago mother from, from, you know, from, from the suburbs. Yeah, you guys are too much alike. You know. And so I never had the courage to ask the team after I part. can't tell you apart. <laughs> right, you know, we're inseparable. Separated at birth. But I said, I wanted to ask the team once we won the primary by 57% of the vote, yes. which one of you guys didn't like me? Yeah. Who didn't want me on this? I never did that. We just were working so hard. But it was just, yeah, we agreed. I, I would joke and say, tell me at least you're a Cubs fan. We got to have something we disagree on because we're White Sox fans. Isn't right he a now. Cardinal fan? Yeah, some, so, yeah, that's even, you know, wrong. Yeah, he's from crazy. Southern Illinois. Exactly. A lot, of, a, a lot out, of our listeners. You know what I yeah. learned on the campaign trail, guys? South of 80. There's only two teams, Cubs and Cardinals. You can't go into Walmart and buy anything White Sox. I thought I was in a different state. I'm like, hello, did you guys know there's actually two teams out of Chicago? That's very true. Mm -hmm. And and you notice that they pronounce their cities much different than we would. Yeah, Not Louisville, but it's It's Louisville. Louisville. And you're thinking you're in Milan, but you're in Milan. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, it's very, they will correct you in Mattoon. uh, Yeah, right. Mattoon. Yes, that's right. Cairo or Cairo. Yeah, it just depends on who you talk to. But really quick story, guys. When you talk about pronunciation, we win 57% of the vote. I'm in this daze. We drive home. I'm sleep deprived. I cannot believe that we just won. And I get an email from a Republican leadership type. And he says, "Good, congratulations, you guys won. But would you do me a favor? Would you tell Darren it's, it's pronounced Illinois instead of Illinois? He spelled it with an E. So I'm feeling a little snarky. I'm feeling more like radio host Stephanie than the candidate <laughs> Stephanie. So I said, sir, you know what? South of 80, everybody says it like Darren, so feel free to correct everybody south of 80. <laughs> and I'm from the west side of Chicago, so please let me know when I mispronounce a word. And I hit send, and that was that. Later on, I ran into him, and I forgot what he looked like. He grabbed me and hugged me and said, I'm so sorry. I said, no problem. I was just feeling a little snarky. Like, how, he, Did he really expect me to go in to say to Darren, <clears throat> real quick, Darren, um, when you say Illinois, you got to make sure you emphasize the Illinois and not the Illinois. I wasn't going to tell this guy. He won 57% of the vote. He could change the pronunciation if he wanted to. Very cool. <laughs> well, we have more stories to tell. Let us, And yes. more to talk about with Stephanie Trussell, uh, IFA board member and uh, with uh, Good Seed, Good Soil. That's right. And we'll th- see what she's going to be doing in the near future, we, yeah, well, at least we hope. Yeah. Who does she like for governor next time out? Yeah. I want to ask that. Okay. All right. We'll get to that right after this time out. With a one-minute look at culture from a Christian worldview, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Late last month, 18-year-old Chloe Cole sued medical provider Kaiser Permanente for surgically and chemically altering her body. 
put on puberty blockers at age 12, Chloe started testosterone at age 13 and underwent a double mastectomy at 15. By 16, she realized the mistake she'd made and has now detransitioned. No one warned her to pause or to reconsider or to take more time in this decision. Chloe's one of countless girls that are today being pressured by doctors, teachers, peers, and media to believe they were born in a wrong body. As Jordan Peterson noted in his interview with Cole, 80 to 90% of teens who experience gender dysphoria naturally grow out of it. Instead of helping girls navigate puberty and its challenges, too many adults seek to pathologize it. Chloe's story reaffirms that any ideas that we have about our bodies will have consequences, and bad ideas will have victims, like Chloe. Let's pray that her story can help expose the lie of so-called gender-affirming care and bring an end to this cultural nightmare. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here along with David Smith. Hello. The Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute, Illinois Family Action. We're joined by none other than Stephanie Trussell, uh, quite the entrepreneur. Mm, yep. Uh, mom. Grandma. Yeah. Grandma. Oh, yeah. my. Small you're, business you're, you're owner. too young to be grandma. <laughs> can, no. we, can we promote the small business out there oh, in Lyle? by all means. You know, it's just so funny how... This happened simultaneously. My husband had never opened a restaurant. I'd never run for office. And let's do it at the same time. You know, right. That was bananas. <laughs> and most people look at you and say, why would you run for office in Illinois as a Republican? And why in the heck would you open up a business in Illinois? Right. And so uh, I remember that he was going to sign the contract on an, uh, in August. And I had my second interview with the Baileys. And Satan was messing with me really bad. He said, you are never going to sign that contract. Your husband's not going to get it. And what makes you think that the Baileys are going to pick you? And I, he was just messing with me. And I decided to grab my, my headphones and my, my um, iTunes and go out to the Prairie Path in, in Warrenville. When I ran two marathons, that's where I could hear God clearly talking to me like, come on, old lady, you can do this. <laughs> so I went out there when I feel closest to God and I just listened to my worship and my praise and music Good. and God just all the promises. And I just remember him telling me, I've never brought you this far to let you fail. And right. remember, if you ask me, I will help you. And my husband signed the so contract. So God's truth was just oh, coming in. It was you. just, I could just feel it. Yep. And, and, and I... My husband signed the contract. You know, that's the Holy Spirit reminding you. Yeah, because you have to be reminded. You know the truth. Oh, we all need to be reminded, Stephanie. And when we, I went for that second interview, and um, it was a panel interview, and I should have been terrified because there were so many people there, and I just felt so good. And I looked down, and Cindy and I were wearing the same shoes in different colors, (laughs) and we both had tattoos on our right foot. And I thought we're going to be best friends. We're two conservative (laughs) grandmas, and we have tattoos on our right foot. I I love that. Cindy Bailey has a tattoo. Wait, yeah, she probably didn't want that. This is National Enquirer type stuff now. Yes, we both have tattoos on our right foot, and we're two conservative grandmas. And one is a flower, one is a butterfly, right? or a ladybug there's a, or something. There's a skull. Or, no, or, I'm just or, teasing. Or a tractor. I don't yeah, know. one skull and crossbones. And a tractor. That's too funny. And so, yeah, it's it's just been great as business owners. And um, So what's the name of the business? Boss Dogs, D-A-W-G-Z. Yeah. And, um, and that's the south side, of, or west side of saying it. <laughs> Boss Dogs. I don't know how dogs. my husband keeps dogs. Right. You know, D-A-W-G-Z. It's a, Route 53 in Lyle. In Maple, Route 53 in Maple. It's across from the only Aldi. So I tell everybody, before you go grocery shopping, fill up on Boss Dogs <laughs> and then go over there and eat. Yeah. And, um, the, you know, it's unfortunate. It had been a, a, a subway for over 30 years in our community. But because of COVID and the shutdown, he wasn't able. Yeah. He didn't survive that. And so 
it sat empty on the busiest intersection in our town for two years. He left the ovens there, so we get to bake our own buns, and our our yep. um, fries are hand cut every few hours. And the first and week, blanched and blanched, we has a we have a whole process. And so the first, and I'll week, tell you, I've been there. Worked, I, I, the I've I've only been there addictive. once. I had two different kind of hot dogs. Okay. And listen, they're not just Chicago oh, hot yeah, dogs. Yeah. Those are good, but, but these are gourmet, unique. Special, you, you never, you would never come up you, with these ideas. I don't ideas. know how my husband, the number one hot dog on our menu, okay. just coincidentally, what he placed in the first spot is called Boss Classic. It has pico, cheese, and bacon. Who would even think right, that's that the number one selling hot dog right, right after Chicago? You can't go so wrong with bacon. You can't go wrong with you dip. <laughs> Come on, you know he has. You know I, I I joke that I'm such a bad chef. My, I've been my husband's muse for so long because <laughs> you can only feed somebody hamburger helper so many days in a row and they right. realize. She doesn't know how to cook. So he learned how to cook. He comes up with these amazing recipes. And we have all those classics like Maxwell Street, Chicago style. But every Monday we have two new hot dogs. And, you know, it's almost Mardi Gras. We're going to who that dog would just, you no know. No way. Jump. Oh, it's amazing. What are you going to put in there? Beats. I, now see, this don't is tell a, me shrimp gumbo. He, he does gumbo on it <laughs> oh, or no. jambalaya, one of the two. I don't okay. know the difference. But one of them will be on the hot dog starting next week. We, we, we ordered the beads and everything. We are, he's all in. He so when you it. discovered he could cook, you said, I got to oh, marry you know, this guy. I, I, we were already <laughs> married when I realized when he oh, um, really? discovered that um, I couldn't cook and he had to cook. Um, <laughs> it's really funny. I, I would try very hard. And one day I was making my kids frozen pizza and I wanted to balance it out so I, I did corn and apples do you know my kids they're 37 35 and, and and 28 and 30 and they still have a song that pizza corn and apples I said I was just trying to balance out your diet and they're like mom you know you you, you know my job is to clean up the kitchen and find the right containers to put the leftovers in and I happily take that my husband is, a, is an amazing chef and wow. I'm trying to be the baking grandma that's my thing all right so we got to encourage listeners if you're in the western suburbs yeah, come on out check out boss dogs right. I've been there I highly recommend oh, good, it good 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 yeah. Yeah, I do Thank too yeah. two thumbs up from us here. yeah but what on earth possessed you guys to Open a business in Illinois, of all places. <laughs> we love Illinois. You know, we left in 2014. Well, the captives have got to eat. Somebody's got to. <laughs> the people that are left back here fighting right? the fight. You know, we left in 2014. My husband got an amazing opportunity in Arizona. We moved to a red state That's election right. season, and we were gone. We were out of here. We sold our house, and we just moved on. The weather was great. And if you don't believe in God, move to Arizona, go to the Grand Canyon, go to Sedona, and you'll understand. Yep. It's a wonderful place to live. But we got called back. My husband got a better opportunity to come back. We failed at leaving Illinois. Everybody else leaves and doesn't look back. And we looked after two years. We couldn't wait to get back here. We love this state. And I just decided if we're going to come back, we're going to fight hard for Illinois and, and work hard. And if you're here, we, we want to start a business. We love Illinois. Amen. And, you know, after a year on the campaign, I, I, I loved Illinois, but I fell so deep and deeper in love with Illinois. Because once you hit south of 80 and you meet farmers that are third, fourth generation that can't leave, and they're just, they, they just, you get it and you understand, and you're such a beautiful state. Why should you have to leave? We need to get rid of the, the bad leaders and Amen. keep the good people. That's so that's right. why we opened a business in Illinois. So I wanted to ask you, what was the best part of being on the campaign trail? I know they wore you ragged, and you were up and down. You went you oh went from goodness. Rockford all the way down to Carbondale. Probably, probably even, uh, did you go to Metropolis? Oh, yes, I did. I got the picture with, with, with Superman. With Superman, all right. I, I didn't know there were two capitals in Illinois. Did you know that? There's um, three. You see, see? I see. I, you know. Kaskia. Uh, oh. Vandalia. Wait, and the, now Springfield. The coin. 
Decoin. Decoin. Oh, there you That's go. That's where another, you know, one of the capitals. The best part of it is that um, I every 102 counties now. Yes. There's not a county that you haven't I been get to. There, yeah, and when I get there, somebody will hug me because you know I I listen to you know. Um, Black Talk Radio all the time, and one of my hosts on there, he would always say, you know, south of 80 is sundown town. If you're black, you sh- you can't be there. And I, and I, you know, I live in Lyle, so for our, the, our um, sporting uh, conference is all farming community because it's such a small high school. So since 1999, I've been going to small towns, and where my kid's the only black kid on the team, and everybody's just like, hey, how you doing? And just so nice to me. So I knew that was a lie. But when I would go to these little towns, and I would get there very early, it's not because they knew I was Stephanie so this is in the very beginning, and I'm just headed to an event, and I stop at a diner where everyone clearly knows everyone's name, and just how they treat you, and just how nice everyone is. I just, the hospitality of our state, and just when I would go to a little town I, after the Lincoln Day dinners, because you know down there, Lincoln Day dinners is a fried piece of chicken, and what's not fried is covered in gravy. They don't know anything about <laughs> keto down there. They, nobody's told them. So I went from Lincoln Day dinner to county fair season, and then I, you know everything was dipped in batter and covered in powdered sugar or whatever. I, I well, understand they actually <laughs> deep fry Snickers down they, there they, too. Oh my goodness! I, you know I would brag that I'm 57 years old and I've never had a corn dog. I get to a county, they shove me in front of this corn dog. A, like truck and the guy is like the corn dog king and he hand rolls it and, and next thing I know I've got a picture and I'm biting into the best corn dog I've ever it was the only corn dog I've ever eaten I keep trying to get my husband to, to get to now add that to our menu but what I loved about it when I would go to these little towns and sometimes I see black kids that are just part of the community and I think wow up in Chicago those kids don't know anything about what's life like in this state they don't know about 4-H they don't know what it's like just to walk to a county fair and not have to look over your shoulder and worry about getting shot and I'm thinking don't leave Illinois just go maybe go south of 80 and it's just a different quality of life it's just it's it's two states by by without a doubt and it's a beautiful state all right next question Monty I don't know if I'm (laughs) jumping on your toes here but all right next question um media who was the worst media treatment would you say in illinois now you say it's a two states but Mm -hmm. the liberal media in springfield and champaign peoria they're no they're pretty liberal yeah yeah Uh so who was the worst to you who treated you guys or you stephanie the worst well south of 80 in the beginning my very first bus tour there was a guy that kind of followed us around you know a lot and and he was he's a Oh, and, and I can't remember his name. Who cares? Mark Maxwell? Okay, so that's him. I didn't want. To, I was trying to be polite. No, so no, he, let's call him out. He wasn't very nice. But, you know, north of 80, if, when it came to Darren, Marianne Ahern would not let the hellhole comment go everywhere he went. So, oh, Darren, wow. do you still think Chicago's a hellhole? And it's like, seriously, it's, you know, four months later. But me personally, what I was very upset about, the black media ignoring me, pretending like, pretending like Latasha Fields, um, you know, Max, Max Solomon, Solomon. Yep. And, and myself, Republicans, and then Richard Irvin, whatever he is, they pretended like we weren't in the race. They just gave us no airtime. And, and I listen to black talk radio every day. And well, every that's time, their white privilege, you know. They, yeah. And they just because we're not Republic Democrats, we just simply didn't exist. I think it was a big deal at the top of the ticket. We had how many black people? We had a lot. A lot. Yep. And they just pretended they and I would text. I would text the, the owner of the black station when when the host would come well, on. Who was the, the, the black gentleman that was running for? Salve, um, 
uh, for U.S. Senate, um, the guy oh, from oh, Jimmy Lee Tillman. Jimmy, Jimmy Lee Tillman, Tillman. That's right. right. All these people, and I would get so upset. One of the radio hosts actually said, she, I guess she would be the worst one. Darren and I went to a, he held a press conference in Washington Park where nine people had gotten shot from doing a baseball game. Yeah. So he held a press conference. I spoke, he spoke, and afterwards we went over and talked to the protesters and had a nice little conversation. They came on the radio and said, oh, Darren Bailey's such a coward. He got in his car and left Stephanie Trussell alone in this park with these protesters. And that just made me so angry. So I, I called the radio owner, the station owner, and he's like, well, I don't want to get involved in politics. It's like, I'm like a little kid, but she's lying. That's not what happened. Can I come on and just defend myself? And they wanted nothing to do with me oh because we weren't Democrats. And that was the biggest thing that black voters that listen to that station every day didn't even know we existed. And that They have was their like, own narrative, right? Right. Yeah. Now, a few minutes ago, you mentioned that we have to get rid of the bad leaders yeah. in Illinois. Yeah. How do we do that? Okay. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, this time around, That's wasn't right. it exciting? We had a lot more conservatives challenging those professional Republicans. That That's was right. A lot of times we wouldn't even, you know, they've just been in it and we waited too and, long. And those You're, professional Republicans are going to say, well, and we lost seats in the legislature and we lost the governor's race because you guys are too conservative. Well, that's because of um, Jim Durkin and uh, Dan McConkie. So how do you they respond failed. to that? Yeah. You know what? We, they talk about unity. We can talk about what Democrats do well, and they unify well. Have you ever heard one Democrat say anything against Obamacare or we should close our borders? No. They unify and they stay together. So on June, June 28th, we win 57% of the vote. I live in DuPage County. I'm at a 4th of July parade. I'm so excited. They're bragging about their brand new elephant that they spent money on, and this is going to be a great parade. The, par the parade float comes around the corner. There's not one Darren Bailey sign. He yeah. just won the election four days prior with 57% of the vote. But the person in charge of DuPage County is well known not, you know, to, to like another person, and they weren't over it yet. Was that Dan Cronin? Well, um, no, um, Jim Zay. Okay. He was there. And I said, is this the Democrat folk float? Because I don't see a Darren Bailey sign. So me and my driver walked to my car, and I've got cartoon bad words coming. I don't swear, but I'm just like, ruck them, suck them. And I got to go get a sign, and I can't believe they don't have signs. And then when I handed them two signs, they didn't prominently display them. They just had them thrown in next to the person running for whatever. And I'm thinking, he's top of the ticket, guys. Get on board. That just really, we have to unite. But so yeah. many people were very upset, and I'm using, you know, that this Hick Farmer beat the professional Republicans north of 80. Yep. Who does he think he is? They never, ever accepted it. And even to this day, if I get into a certain conversation with certain people, well, you know, um, Richard Irvin was the only person that could have beat J.B. Pritzker. And you know what I say? Yes, you're right. Had he run in the primary as a Democrat against him, I think he would have given him a run for his money because he was not a Republican. That's all I have to and, say. And you know what? Darren just didn't win the primary. You he and Darren it. smoked him. He crushed it. Yeah, it was just, it was amazing. And I still couldn't get over, like, wait, what were the numbers? How? I was just so, because, you know, he we were beat down with 50-something million dollars, flyer after flyer being mailed to That's my right. house, That's text right. messages coming to my phone that would read, hey, friend, did you know Stephanie Trussell is blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, first of all, you're not my friend, and that's a lie. I would call my friends on the, on that ticket and say, how could you be part of a campaign? I've had you on my show. I've had you in my home for, for dinner. I've donated to your organization, and you're part of this, this group that's lying about me. And I said to one two friends, I said, I would never, ever be on a campaign that would drag your character or question. Oh, yes, you would. It's politics. I said, that's politics. It just made me so sad during that time that I was being – 
beat down by another Republican, but it was very refreshing that the voters did not Amen. They saw through those it. lies. They saw through and, you know, really quick, J.B. Pritzker hired a kid with this little baseball cap. He literally followed me around from March until November 8th. He was everywhere I went. He recorded everything I said. Our team got to know him. He would beat me to events. It's like, how did you get here so fast? And he was just this, this kid. J.B. Pritzker never had one ad against me, never said anything. It was a Republican that dragged me, that sent flyers to the home, yeah. that did all that. that really hurt, hurt my heart. Wow. I'm like, wow. You know, J.B. Pritzker never used any of that. Never, and never, I said whatever yeah. I wanted to say. All right. So you say, okay, Monty's question, unify. You said earlier we need to get figure out early voting. What else is there? Can we we got to stay. We got to get engaged. How do we I, get the turnout up? We, we just have to. Our platform is phenomenal. We have yes. to be very good at communicating our platform, showing a plan. We just can't say the Democrats don't do this. we got to show how we're going to do that. I want us to be solutions to whatever is ailing people. I want to go to, to nursing homes and say, hey, this is our platform, because those people are the ones that are voting, and what do you need? We can help yeah. you. We have to talk about school choice. Yeah. We have to just just hammer that home to the black community. You are being failed by these government schools, Amen. and we want to give you an option. We want to give you a choice. Did you guys see that report on Baltimore? Yes. I know Chicago's jealous. They're like, we want to be the worst school district. We want to fail more black kids. Baltimore is the saddest thing, but it's just not Baltimore. It's, it's L.A. It's coast to coast. They, that The government schools are failing people, and we need to let them know That's there right. is an alternative, and we want you to have school choice. Well, that segues right into good seed, good soil. Mm -hmm. Education Scholarship Foundation. So gsgsfoundation.com, mm -hmm. and uh, they're they're trying to raise money a million dollars this year, so they can turn around and give uh, scholarships to kids and grants to churches or other organizations to start schools. Oh, my goodness. Wouldn't that be awesome? Churches have these wonderful buildings. They have child care for Sundays, and the building's being used two days a week. Why right. can't you have schools Amen. in those buildings? And Amen. you know the foundation is good, that they're teaching your kids what you believe you go there for because you believe in that religion. So wouldn't it be great if they were the ones teaching your children and That's not right. trying to indoctrinate them? They're spending so much, so much time trying to turn them into activists that they're, the kids' numbers are failing, even in these great school districts that people would always brag about and suddenly the reading is dropping because there's only so much finite amount of time in the day if they're teaching them all their um, these pronouns right. and whatever right. then they can't so teach they're them how teaching to read that but they're not teaching them to read write and do um do science right, right? exactly well what science david how dare you yeah. talk about science <laughs> when, when it comes to um global warming their yeah. science but when That's it comes right. to biological male or female what kind of you know or what, covid yeah. right yeah or, right yeah exactly i'm a hater uh, i'm a what's hater wrong yeah. with you, you know? yeah but you know in chicago why are points just put out a thing that one mm -hmm. out of one out of five kids can read in Chicago one out of five in twenty nine thousand dollars per kid is being spent per year twenty nine thousand you know what you could do with twenty nine thousand oh my goodness I, know I went to Catholic school you went to Catholic school as well you know I what those nuns while. could yeah. do with twenty nine thousand dollars well, I'm I mean, a homeschooler right, you know so I, I don't spend near that <laughs> they could all get Gucci backpacks <laughs> right. for that much you know yeah. oh my goodness right Your tax dollars at work <laughs> right and the question the answer is always well, we just have to spend yeah, more money yeah they have golden pencils I'll tell you yeah exactly <laughs> it's unbelievable no all right. Well, that's crazy. Well, Stephanie, what is on the horizon for you? And uh, what are you running for? What do you th What do you think? We'd love to run. <laughs> see you run for state rep against Tara Costa Tara Howard. Tara Costa Howard. You know my favorite kind of people. Um, Democrat white woman with three names. Bring it on. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Because that was my goal initially before you came up with this bright idea that I should run for lieutenant governor. I was ready. I I had hired a videographer. To, I was going to do my launch. I was going after this woman. She was going to go down. 
And she and is left she, co- left to the left. You know what I love about I, I was at a Bible retreat, and I shared with the group that I was thinking about running for office, and I was going to face Tara Costa Howard. You can go to a monastery where they've taken a vow of silence, and you whisper this woman's name, and people start swearing. <laughs> oh, I want to take her down. She's the worst. Her husband's the oh, worst. Her wow. dog's the worst. I'm like, really? So right after the campaign and losing, when someone said, are you going to run again? That's like someone just having a baby, and you will them out, and they're like, you're going to have another one? I was just, I'm recovering from I, this. Yeah, yeah. That just give me happened. a break, please. You know, I'm just still, give me a minute. <laughs> what I, I, I wouldn't mind running. I'm thinking about it. We'll see. God has, his vision board is so much bigger than mine, because all I wanted was another radio show, and God decided and, and we that, miss you on the radio. Oh my, that was so we much fun. We miss you so no, much. And I didn't have to comb my hair. I just got to go <laughs> on and just talk. What I would love to get, my dream is to continue to travel this wonderful state. Yeah. I mean, I would love to run against Tara Costa Howard. That would be great. But I just want to keep traveling Illinois. I want to keep communicating our platform. I want to keep going to those Lincoln Day dinners yes. and, and county yeah. fairs. Well, that sounds like you're running for a statewide office. I just want to <laughs> I just want to be like the spokesperson to tell everybody, this is what we're about, encourage people, because we got to get people to donate. They Unfortunately, they don't have confidence. They are donating to candidates, but we need people to donate to the GOP to assure them that this is what we're going to do with the money. Even the national GOP, did they spend $700,000 on flowers? Well, speaking they could have spent that to us, you know. Speaking of the state GOP, <laughs> and a lot of talk that we need a leadership change, but I, here's what I think is going to happen. They're going to look at the election results and say, we've got to modify our party platform. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. they do every time. And, uh, you know, uh, maybe we need to be a little bit more accepting of same-sex marriage <laughs> and not quite as pro-life. What do you say to that? You know, that that's the 100,000% the wrong way to go. We right. have to be more solidified in our values and our beliefs and unapologetic because they're unapologetic about killing babies up until birth. How, why can't we be um, just unapologetic the other way? They always want us to reach across the aisle, and then we get punched in the face. <laughs> we can't show up like this is a nice little tea party. We have to be firm. We have to be strong. When they scream, we got to scream louder. Yep. I, I don't know how God wired me where I'd rather go and debate a bunch of Democrats than be in the room with Republicans because I'm going to bring I'm going to tell you what I know and not what I heard. Well, I remember you, Stephanie. We were doing the Chicago March for Life on a very cold day, and you went right. You went right up to the I, protesters. I, know, I couldn't help you, because you there could. was a pig dressed like a human, and I kept thinking, so babies aren't babies, but this pig has on like a tweed vest and a hat. And I just went over and just started talking to them. Like, well, you know, and I saw a young black girl. And I always think black people, you've got a grandmother or an aunt or somebody that was dragging you to church. How could you be standing out here on this side with 30 you know, they would have about 100 people over there, and we had thousands. And I would just ask, you know, well, what church did you go to? And, and you know, what does your pastor say about, you know, abortion? I just love just hanging yes. out with them because, first of all, I keep thinking, well, maybe if I'm wrong, the more I hang out with Democrats, they'll convince me how I went wrong or whatever, but that never happens. And I just like arguing with them or debating with them or just hopefully trying to win them over. And you're never mean. You're oh, never oh, mean. Oh, no, I don't use profanity. No. I just like to, like, hey, how are you? Ask questions. And I love having them on my show when I have my radio show. You I do. would rep, I would bring them in, close the door. I would have a piece of Trump chocolate right by the microphone. <laughs> and um, and they would so just. So you trigger them right oh away. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 
and and they just you know they didn't know what to think and you know what guys what was so phenomenal during this process so many democrats that stopped speaking to me that blocked me on social media started calling me and saying stephanie i want to help that farmer or they and i kept thinking god why are they reaching out to me but they know my heart they know i wasn't doing this for any other reason they know that you're I genuine it. and yep. i wasn't on the take yep. i was whatever and i you know you're not in it for the big and, corruption and though they were so sincere, and they would invite me to things. And, and for uh, right after my radio show, my goal was to I have a friend, Charles Love. He moved to New York. Yep. He and I had come up with this plan. We were going to go start speaking at churches and bring the, the the Republican platform to churches and just say, you know, just not use the R word Republican, but just maybe after church have, what are your values? And, hey, you just might be a conservative. <laughs> then he moved to Manhattan, and then COVID shut down churches. And it was at the third church that I got to speak at on the campaign. I said, oh, my goodness, won't God do it? Here I am being invited into churches. I get to talk about my values. I get to talk about, Repub- about being a Republican. And they asked me to be here. Nobody's Amen. throwing tomatoes at me. It was just so great to be at the church down yes. in Peoria where Richard Ir- where Richard Pryor grew up. Everybody at the church was telling me all story secrets about him. And I'm just talking. I know he I don't know some any, language he used. He, he sure <laughs> I don't know a lot, but I know how to be a black woman in a church talking to my people. So I, that was just that was part probably one of the some of the best well, experiences. I you got are the salt. I'll tell oh. you that. You know, salt brings a lot of good flavor, oh, but it also does a little irritating. And that's uh, that's exactly what you've been doing. Oh, so my husband I, says I don't add enough salt to my cooking. That's probably, (laughs) but thank you so much. But yeah, that was just, it was amazing. And we didn't get the results we wanted, but I learned so much and I knew God put me on that journey for a reason. Amen. Every day I get a text message from this young woman that I met that sends me a Bible verse. And, and it's just so many people like her that I'm constantly in contact with that encourage me that um, they want me to come back to those Lincoln Day dinners. And so Amen. I'm actually driving to Rock Island two hours one way to be with those people and hug them. And no just kidding. Go there. So I love it. I get invited to quite a few things. They, All right. Well, yeah. stay tuned for what's going to happen with yeah. Stephanie Trussell. Maybe she'll run for office. Maybe she'll be back on the radio. Who knows? We'll stay tuned <laughs> to this back channel. We'll keep you informed. <laughs> well, Stephanie... Uh, I've got to think people would like to get in contact with you Hmm. and uh, keep up on what you're doing. How can they do that? Are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? I'm on Facebook. I'm on Stephanie Trussell, and every once in a while in my purple robe, you know, I'm I'm wearing, like, sweats underneath. It's nothing, you know, but like Victoria's Secret kind of robe. Yeah, you do your little video things. Right, you know, I'm usually just dressed in something that is just like my Walmart sweats. And I just like to talk. If something comes up, I just want to share, and I – me uh, walking my dog or whatever. So on, on social media, I'm on, on Stephanie Trussell on Facebook, and it's just great just to vent once in a while. Yep. And then um, I'm on Twitter at Reagan Mom, and a lot of stuff on Instagram. I try to just you know, just do fun things like you know post pictures of me, what I'm cooking, and I didn't post any pictures of my baking failures over the weekend from um, Super Bowl <laughs> Sunday. They weren't very super. It turns out baking so is an ex- exact science. Explain Reg- at Reagan Mom, which is at your Reagan Twitter. Mom. It's not because of Ronald. No. Oh, no, it's so funny. I did that long before I was political, but in 2004, I was pregnant with my fifth kid. I'd run out of names to, to <laughs> relatives' names to name my kids after, but I can't say how many you got now. You I got, got eight. eight. Right, yeah. so I, I wasn't thinking very hard, but Ronald Reagan passes away, and I decided to name Reagan my last kid, boy or girl. I said, this is going to be Reagan. Right, right. So I named Twitter just like, oh, at Reagan Mom, before I got political because I'm Reagan's mom. Yes. So can you imagine this kid? I run for office, and he says to me, 
Mom, I want nothing to do with your politics. I'm like, Reagan, you're a black man named Reagan. You're in this game whether you want to or not. I'm sorry I saddled you with that, you know. And when he was very young, he came to me, he said, his best friend said, Mom, she, she, she said her parents don't like Reagan. They didn't like him because he brought crack to the black neighborhood. So I'm already rolling in my sleeve to tell Reagan what to say to her. And he said, Mom, no, 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 no. He said, no matter what I say to her, she's not going to believe me over her parents. This kid is so bright. And he, I'm all like, and he's like, just calm down. I'm, I'm not going to argue with her because she's not going to believe me. And that's this is the kid that God decided should be in the minivan with me, the last kid, when I'm driving around saying things like, Mom, you can't do that. I'm like, why? But I want to. You know, he's just <laughs> encouraging me and just constantly challenges me but so you know I'm just so fortunate and blessed that um people still tune in to hear what I have to say on social media that's right yeah so there you go Facebook and Twitter we love uh, Instagram and you know all right well we're looking forward to the next chapter in the uh, Stephanie Trussell Adventures of Stephanie Trussell you know there is a governor's race in 2026 (laughs) I'm just saying oh I know well you know I want to make I want to help make Illinois home again for everybody and tell them to stop fleeing don't leave wait we got to stay and fight and so that's that's, we'll see what happens and I'm just ready to to do whatever God wants me to do if you wants me to just to work with my husband at the hot dog restaurant please god no no um because we 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 love each other but it's hard to work it's hard work it's hard hard no it's not that we just hard to work together because i want to be more like well let's make it more like mcdonald's and he's looking at me like how much do you want to spend like no you know he's been doing this for a year very well and i come in with my pie in the sky idea where everybody should wear matching hats let's get name tags and pull up your pants and he's just like whoa lady you know so no we, we're getting along really well but it's a lot of fun so we'll see what what god wants me to All do right. I'm and that's just, called uh, boss dogs and boss dogs and lyle and Lyle-o. we want every week we love everybody we want democrats I, I put out a challenge on social media if you have a biden shirt come on in i'll buy you a meal you know because i him, just give him a chili cheese dog with extra tabasco sauce or whatever i don't know but i just say that because i don't think anybody owns a biden shirt so i'm just that's one way not to give away any free meals i've never seen one so <laughs> <laughs> I did before the 2020 election. Oh, you did up in Wisconsin. No way. We're up there in uh, Lake he saw Geneva. He didn't own one. Oh. And they had these, you know. Oh, I was the about to say two confessions that you used to be a Democrat. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. no. And let me tell you, mm-hmm. the Trump shirts, T-shirts are going for twelve bucks. <laughs> The Biden shirts are going for three. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just shocked they were they, they, anybody was selling any. I'm impressed. Good, good shirt to paint the house in, right? Right, you know. There we go. All right. That's, uh, yeah, I guess, Dave. Thank you, folks, for tuning in. Please support the work of Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action, and tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. And tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy. Stay active, and God bless. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit ifiaction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.